This episode of The Building Years is brought to you by Rally Flip Cap. Go to www.rallyflipcap.com. Also, like Rally Flip Cap on Facebook. And when you check out on the Rally Flip Cap website, type in Stand Up Talk, all one word, to get a discount on all their hats. Check out all of the hats that they have. They've got flip up hats, basically. The bills of the hat flip up. You can write on one of them is the dry erase one. And then they've got a Merry Christmas one for the holidays and some camo. There's a California one and many others like the American flag. So check out rallyflipcap.com and type in Stand Up Talk. Stand Up Talk is our podcast network, and you know they always be hooking you up. Also check out standuptalk.com. Now, episode 182 with our buddy, Amir K. It's the Building Years Podcast. With Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Building Years. This is Jeremiah Watkins. Justin Alexio could not be here today, but. Why I'm very excited for our guest today. Uh, one of my good buddies, known him for years through stand-up, and he's got a lot of cool stuff going on now. Please welcome Amir K to the program, Thanks everybody. Thanks so Jeremiah, for having me. But I'll be honest, the excitement did not show in your voice on that intro. No? No. I was expecting a little bit higher pitch, uh, a little higher pitch intro. I like the music and Justin Alexio's uh, version there, but this is a... Uh, I'm just kidding, dude. How are you doing, buddy? It's great to, it's great uh, to be here. Let's start over this intro. Amir K is on the show today. There's and, uh, some excitement for you. There right it is. is. <laughs> little, little fact about Amir K. He's just a, kind of a loser. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, dude. Uh, we went on Saturday and saw your freaking movie that's in theaters right now, The Pyramid. Oh, yeah. That was fun, wasn't it? Dude, that, that was, was so, so fun. High. Dude, I think I was way too high to be watching. Dude, you and Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Francisco <laughs> was the hardest person to watch that Probably movie with. the worst with. person to watch a movie with at all, Francisco, <laughs> and then get him high. Even worse. I mean, dude, I was so high, I'm like in the movie, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. Francisco kept saying things like, Oh, come, come on. on. That never yeah. happened, man. Get come on. Out. What are you talking about? <laughs> every single every single thing that would happen. Come on, brother. What is that, man? <laughs> Dude, yeah, but uh, that's pretty great. Uh, that came out uh, this past weekend, The Pyramid. Go check it out in theaters now. Amir is one of the stars of the movie. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, we we shot it so long ago. I kind of like, kind of cool to just have you know forget, cannot forget about it, but just like like, oh, okay, when's that coming out? And then it just came out. Like, yeah, that's cool. What was the uh, what was the process like? Whenever you did, you just get an audition from your agent? Or? Yeah, it was cr- it was pretty weird. It was like a while ago, and I was like, yeah, it was it was a uh, like. Two and a half years ago. So. I think most people don't realize how long certain movies take to oh, make. Yeah. Like, pe- like people will see people in like two or three movies in a year or whatever, and they're like, man, that, that person's just like working all the time. It's like, oh, they could have worked those movies like three separate years, and oh, they all totally. just are happening to come out the same summer. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because the guys, the directors that, you know, the... Greg Lavoisier and Ale- Alexander Aja, who's one of the producers who did The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Um, they actually were working on two projects at the same time. So the other one was Hor- a movie called Horns with Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. And, um, and you know, the Harry Potter did or whatever. And they yeah. they released that movie first. So that's what I think took our movie a little bit longer, too. Yeah, they're like, we're going to shelf yeah, yours. Yeah, they're like, we're, we're going to do the wait. Daniel Radcliffe thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then get to yours so later. So they released that one first, and then they did our the, the Pyramid in second. So it took just a little bit longer than I think the normal 
post-production takes yeah but it was cool man it was a great experience altogether. like first time to be on like a set for you know like extended period of time yeah like on location somewhere. yeah where did you guys shoot that we shot that in Morocco. So I was like oh, in Morocco man. for almost a month. And Did um, you have to get your passport for that? or how did Oh, no, I had traveled before. I mean, mm-hmm. for stand-up and shit. Or, and, and, you know, I'd been to you know Canada, Mexico, England, Europe, and shit like that before. But this was uh, interesting because you had to get like a series of shots and shit to go there. Yeah. And uh, that was a, it was a lot of fun, dude. It was really cool. And um, just to see the process and how it works. Oh, yeah. That was kind of like a huge learning experience for me. Oh sure, and then being on like like Dennis O'Hare, who's one of the uh, one of the leads of the movie or whatever. He, mm-hmm. I mean, just a really good actor, and just just learning from somebody like that or watching him work and stuff was pretty cool to for the acting. You know, yeah, it was like an acting workshop basically. Yeah, the best. I mean, I'm sure that's like the best way to learn is just getting on set if you have totally. that opportunity yeah, yeah. rather than the, and then just hearing all the terms and you know because like you don't know what the, you don't know what you're doing until you can take like all the classes in the world, but until you're like on a set. You oh yeah, you won't know like you know what the hell's going on. The first yeah, I I didn't know like I think in acting classes they should teach you a little bit more stuff that's like a little bit outside of just like just the, the scenes or whatever. Right, right, right. Because the first time I I booked like a commercial, <laughs> there was like people kept talking about crafty and stuff, and I was like, what? Yeah, you're like what is that? Like, what yeah, is yeah, that? you have no idea. Like, and then there's all this awesome food, and then somebody's like, you want any? I was like, this is for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, this is this is specifically for you guys. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is awesome. This is great. He became Dean Del Rey. When, uh, <laughs> yeah. crazy, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got crafts, services, <laughs> and everything. Uh, are, were you, whenever you, you shot this movie, did you go into it being a horror movie fan, or were you just kind of like... I mean, I was. Oh, I, it wasn't like a horror movie, but I was a fan of like The Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. And just, it was just cool that they, you know, they're, they were doing this movie. But... um yeah, I just I just wanted to do it just something that's not comedy and I and you know it just interested me because um I read the script and I thought it was pretty cool and then I was like, "Oh, this would be a cool thing to get cuz and Dude, it's also yeah. shooting in fucking Morocco." Yeah. And then I was like, this would be great. And it wasn't just and it wasn't like a super high profile thing that were, you know, I'd be so nervous to be on Right, like the shit. stakes yeah, are yeah. super high. Cuz I mean, I I mean I even I did Argo, but that was like I mean, if if I would have gotten like a like a big role in Argo or something that would have been so so like nerve wracking for me. But it was yeah. like I got it like a two day. I was on set for two days or some shit, you know. So it was yeah, like, that was like that was um, cool to do for my first thing. But that was just such a quick little scene or whatever that I didn't even get time to really spend on you know set and like learn a lot. So yeah, this was cool to have this sort of um, uh, this sort of film to be able to just like sit there and learn for like a month almost. Totally. Like, on set and just uh, watch and listen. And it's, a, I mean, it's a great showcase for you because now you can, it shows people, oh, I can do both. Like, right. come see me do stand-up any night of the week and then now I've got, like, these movies and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that they, like, some people wouldn't even know that I did stand-up if they come, you know, if they see the movie yeah. and they come and watch your stand-up and they go, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then they happen to like you and then they're like, wait, you do stand-up too? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So when uh, you started doing stand-up about, have you been in, uh, like, six years, almost, seven years? Almost six. Yeah. Almost six I years? I think we started around close to the same Close time. to, yeah. I, yeah. I th- yeah, in February, I'll have six years. So nice. Close to six. Um, February 28th will be my sixth year. Dude, And, nice. yeah, dude, it's been awesome, man. You know, we started kind of together, so we, we were always seeing each other at my Yeah, I always follow you around. Uh, I think you were doing uh, your show at the Comedy Store right before I really started going to the comedy store right. a lot but uh 
uh, I was looking up some of your stuff before the podcast, and I was seeing some of the old oh, the flyers, flyers and yeah, stuff like that. Like that. Picture. This is so funny <laughs> with my short hair picture. No, yeah, that was a uh, dude. That was when I started out, man. And I, um, I had a show. That show was it was called So Funny Sundays with Amir K. It's yeah, so back on the name, and it was like that was a show that I had at the Haha. Ha okay. That when I started comedy, and I was you know at the Haha, ha, like just doing open mics and trying to get on the late the later show or whatever, just to get time in between doing all these open mics and shit when I was there every day. I had started a show there, so Sunday was my night. So, like, Jack gave me that night. So, I, you know, Jack's the owner of the Haha, if you, if you don't know that. And then, you know, um, uh, so he gave me that night, and I was like, oh, cool. So I busted my ass to promote that one night. So he sure. knew if he gave me a night, you know, I'd, like, fucking make phone calls and shit. Like, uh, the club has, like, a registry of, you know, of uh, previous, you know, customers, customers that like that. come, yeah. and you call... They tell them they want tickets or whatever, so then they come to the shows. So I would call and just plug Sunday. I'd be like, "Yo, you want tickets for Sunday?" <laughs> so like I'd do that just to have a packed house, and then I'd book all my buddies that I that I you know are guys I looked up to and respected. Yeah, like those comics. Like I'd go to the like Laugh Act at the store or whatever, or like you know the improv. And ha- when I was hanging out after the mics, I'd go, "Hey man, you want to do my show?" So that kind of put me in touch with a lot of the older comics and yeah, you know, the guys that like I said I looked up to and I respected their work or whatever. So I um. I got to do a show, and then they always knew that if they came on Sunday to the haha, which a lot of people would stay away from the haha for some reason or whatever, because you know, whatever stories that they have or personal experiences they have with the club. So then they would come on Sunday night and be like, "Oh my god, this is a fucking good show!" You know, it's like yeah. packed and like it's a, you know, it's good lineups and shit. So and I wouldn't do bringer, like I wouldn't put bringers on it because yeah, you didn't want to get compromised the shit. Sh- it would just compromise the integrity of the show. So it was just Absolutely. like a shit show. Even when I moved my show to the comedy store, like I would make it. Um, I would I would book like one or two guys that I thought were kind of you know like they were newer comics but I thought they were funny still yeah that could kind of you know like it wouldn't be a shit show like if I put them on it wasn't like oh, what the right fuck the show is this doesn't fall on? apart yeah. yeah it wasn't like dude this guy what is he doing for you? and then well then it becomes super clear too like if you have a super strong lineup and then you have two or three people uh, that are weaker like yeah. clearly weaker people are like oh those are the people who like br- just brought people to, no, to get up so on that's stage why I would always put like somebody that you know and I'd be like dude you're gonna be on the show mm-hmm. you know it would be like good, Bill Burr would stop and do set you know yeah. it was like Bobby Neil Brennan like all the guys that like were around the store at the time like uh, you know like whoever was there Dove would do it you know mm-hmm. you know Dove Davidoff or like you know Tony Rock whoever was just hanging out standing there and then I would book them on the show, or, or if I knew they were going to be there, because it was on Sunday night, so a lot of comics would already be at the store. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, I'll jump on the show. So then I'd make like a little flyer and like be like, hey, these, you know, and I'd go on Hollywood Boulevard and sell tickets to my show. Yeah. And just because, like I said, it would, I didn't want it to be a, a, like a bringer audience where they're just fucking yeah. waiting for their friends. Now to that's go a up. pretty tough process, isn't it? Like yeah, trying to convince that's, people, that's like with barking and all that stuff. Yeah, so I mean, they do it more in New York than we do here. Yeah, and I was like, why? Why can't I fucking do it? So I went and I like made these tickets for my show, and it was like so funny Sundays with Amir K. And then I had like you know, and I would do my pitch. I'd go there and be like, yo, with my the comedy store shirt, the old manager Dean Gelber gave me, because mm-hmm. uh, he he was stoked on the show too, because I brought it from the haha, and I brought the following of people that sure. liked the show to to the comedy store. So, um, uh, I I would go with my comedy store shirt and sit on Hollywood Boulevard for like fucking eight hours a day, like being like, hey, this, and pitch with my little clipboard. And I made a little sign, said like comedy club or comedy show tickets. And uh, I would stand there and then people would come by and I was like, oh, and I had my little flyer and I'd be like, yeah, you know, I just mentioned some of the guys that had done the show before. 
they go, you can see Bill Burr or this guy or that guy or, um, you know, whoever's popped in. Yeah, doing Bobby the credits Lee. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah you've seen like, him on Matt TV. Yeah, yeah. you've seen this guy on this, then it's on that. And then, so they didn't even know I was a stand-up comedian. You know, they just thought oh, I was sure. a guy selling tickets. And then I would, uh, I would try, my goal was like to just do, get like, I would sell, you know, get as rid of as many tickets, but like attach some sort of monetary value to that ticket. Yeah. So they don't just throw it away like a flyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it w- like you know, when you make flyers to your show, there's like, here, you're handing them out. People yeah, are like, people toss this. them all the time. Do they just throw them in the next trash can? But yeah. like, if you, I made an actual ticket that looked like a ticket and, mm-hmm. and then it was like the value was like $20 on there or whatever. And that's what would, you would pay if you came to the door on the night of the show. Mm-hmm. You'd have to pay 20 bucks. But if you bought pre, pre bought them, then you could get a deal for me on the street. So I'd always say like, hey, I have all these great comics performing and I didn't sell out. So I'm here trying to get rid of some of the tickets so I, these guys don't perform for an empty house. Yeah. So it's your lucky day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah, I had sure. to say to get rid of some fucking tickets. And I'd be like, oh, I'll give you like, you know, four for 20 bucks. So they'd pay five bucks each for a ticket. Yeah. Or even like, I'll give you fucking 10 for 20 bucks. Just, uh, even if it was a dollar value to that ticket, I found that people would show up because they're like, dude, we paid something for that. You yeah, know, so I'm going to go. And then they'd show up to the show. And it was like, I was pretty, I did it a couple times. I was like, wow, this fucking, I'm getting results from this shit. So I'd get like 180 people to come or 200 people wow. to come to a show on a Sunday night, which like. It's a tough sell for some yeah, people, dude. for sure. And then a lot of guys didn't have the juice. I mean, they didn't want to do it. Like they were like, fuck yeah. that. I'll just book a bunch. Of, I'll bring, t- I'll book 10 bringers to bring, you know, 10 people. Each. Yeah. And I just kind of didn't want to do it that way. Because I wanted to put myself like up with the with the better comics. Well, yeah, and I wanted to be like, yo, I can, you know, I can, I can compete. I with can these swing guys. with these dudes. Yeah, and yeah. I'll put myself on the show because nobody, you know, you can't get time when you're starting out. So that was like a perfect way to start out. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go make my own show. I'll go hustle the tickets, yeah. and I'll be the I'll be the, the youngest comic on. I mean, as far as time wise, right. the youngest comic on the show, and show these dudes that I can fucking hang and like show them that I'm working. Yeah, because if an audience member sees that you're having just as good of sets as some of the bigger guys, they start just naturally associating you and other comics, too. They're just like, oh, yeah, Amir's a hustler. He's a good dude. Yeah, he he may be fresh into comedy, but he hustles and he works hard and he's a funny dude. Yeah, and you make that reputation. Yeah, but based on, like, your work ethic and shit. So I think that I did that early on by, like, just hustling my ass off and doing that and then doing as many shows as possible. You know, people would see me not only there, they'd see me at the Improv, the Comedy Store, the fucking Laugh Factory, after doing whatever open mics we can get on, you know, a little circuit that we would do. So they knew that I was serious about it, and that's what was cool. Then the older guys would see me, and that's how like I got to see a lot of the store guys, where the guys would see me, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know." And then that's how you could get to go on the road in the beginning because yeah. somebody sees you and goes, "Okay, this guy works hard and he's serious." So, mm-hmm. like, you want to go do this date with me or whatever? We're yeah, You're like of course, let's yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So then you just get, and then you know, you just earn respect that way. I guess. What were you doing like right before? stand-up comedy like were you doing like did you have like a normal day job and all that stuff like after school like what what were you doing yeah after school i mean i, I fucking probably told this story so many times but i'll, I'll tell it again you, just uh you I used can to do, do like very state, briefly yeah. yeah i used to do i used to because i think you've covered it probably book. on other podcasts stuff like oh that. yeah i mean yeah. tons of time but it's like this is one of the questions that everybody asks yeah i was doing a uh, real estate appraisals i had an like i went to to ucla graduated and i was yeah. trying to save money to go to law school and I was like, fuck it, all my buddies were making tons of money doing real estate at that time. Mm-hmm. And because I graduated from UCLA in 04, and that's when the market, like the real estate market was just going crazy. Everyone's, you know, doing loans and shit. Yeah. Like refinancing people's houses and, and making tons of money. And one of my best friends, his dad owned an appraisal company. And that was kind of like a avenue of the real estate business that hadn't been tapped by everybody. You know, everybody was doing loans. So I got into the appraisal side of it. 
And um, I worked for his dad for like a year, started making a bunch of money, and I was like, holy shit, I can do this on my own. After like a year, I took off, started my own business, and um, and just was killing it for fucking like four years, mm -hmm. and then the market tanked. And then right then, like around 2008 or whatever, I was like, I had a condo in Huntington Beach, I got all this shit, I was oh, making wow. tons of money. Yeah, and then like I was making big money for being fucking 24 years old, you know? Absolutely. Like, all this shit, and then and then it just tanked. But I thought it was gonna last forever. And I, always I wanted to do stand up was in the back of my head. I'm like, but I had an excuse. I was making. Well, money. you're I'm making. Like, He's like, I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. But I always was like, I gotta fucking do that because you know, it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't super happy doing what I was doing, but I was making money and having fun. Yeah. And then the best thing that ever happened, I tell people that all the time, is the market crashing and me losing like seventy percent of my business in a month. Yeah. Because all my clients were the subprime lenders, and they all went out of business like fucking in you know in the snap of a finger. Yeah. When the market you know tanked, and with that, I lost all my. Did that stop? Oh no, we're good. Okay, that was funny. The screen just. Yeah, the the AirPlay for my this, Apple TV wanted to. This high budget studio. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Did it stop? No. So yeah. So anyways, that um th that happened, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I, with my girlfriend at the time, um, she got a job in LA right mm -hmm. around that time, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, this is perfect. Let's move to LA. I'll fucking just let this shit go." Yeah. So I just I couldn't pay my mortgage anymore. I mean, I was losing my ass. Like I was yeah. like, it, when it turned around, like the bills that I had generated, I was like putting out so much I wasn't making as much as my bills were you know so yeah that, and month after month that happened and I was just like fuck I'm like going underwater or whatever and then eventually I was just like fuck it let's go she got a job in LA I'm like I'm just gonna move some people in my house because I had already put so much money into that place yeah so it was like a little uh, condo in Huntington Beach and I was like let me I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna put some tenants in there like a lot of people were doing this they put tenants to rent the place and then sure. they weren't paying the mortgage and so I did that just to have money to live so for like the first couple of years of stand up, I had, you know, some, that's how I was getting some income was that. Yeah. It was like these renters in my condo that were paying me whatever, you know, 1600 bucks a month or whatever mm -hmm. to stay there. And then, um, and then I would just do my shows and shit and, you know, make money from doing the stand up shows. Yeah. Like my own shows where I would sell tickets and stuff. Was it a hard transition kind of having, being at a certain um, living at a certain level and then having to kind of come down. Oh, dude, to like, like, what, what was that like? Because that's got to be quite the head trip. Because you think that you're doing, you think it. Whenever you think something's gonna last forever, and then it abruptly stops. Like, how did you deal with that? It was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was easier for me because I came from not having money to getting money. Then you know what gotcha. I mean. Like, so it yeah. wasn't like, oh my god, I was fucking this privileged kid his whole life that yeah. doesn't know what to do with nothing. You know, I already, I already had lived like. You know, I could fucking, on a shoestring budget, I've done that before, you know, right after, mm -hmm. like, high school and shit or whatever. And um, it didn't it didn't affect me as, as much as I thought it would. I mean, it was drastic. My lifestyle change was yeah. fucking huge from, like, going out and partying and, like, having $100,000 car and my fucking dope condo and, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, people that know me when I started, I used to have, like, this XJR Jaguar that was, like, fucking, like, looked like a drug <laughs> dealer's car, you know. <laughs> yeah. 110 horsepower, like. Oh, uh, man. I mean, 440 horsepower, $110,000 car, you know. And it's like, with with, and I would drive up to open mics, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, who is yeah, this and I, and guy? And they didn't know that I could, I wasn't paying the bills on this. Like, this thing was fucking right. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, I was losing my home. Like, they didn't yeah. know that. I just had it for like a couple of months in the stand up, and then eventually that got taken away, and I was riding the bus to go to the haha. -ha, you know? Wow. So, like, that was early on. So that was just a little bit difficult to get used to. Was just that transition of like. Going from my nice, comfortable-ass condo of to then living like shit for, you know, whatever. Yeah. And this was like, actually, when I moved, 
up to LA. It was with my girlfriend at the time, and her her parents were loaded, so like they were like, okay, well, they're kind of helping. Yeah, and so they were, they yeah. were just like whatever, and um, they they just helped us out, whatever, with the um, with the rent and shit like that. So if mm-hmm. it wasn't for her, really, I don't think I could have done stand up early on. Yeah, like, as much as I was doing it, sure, because we had like kind of that out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I kind of broke up with her because of stand up because she wasn't used to that lifestyle. Yeah. It's and hard. It's hard. Yeah, you know, it's especially in the beginning when you're just starting out. Well, a lot of a lot of people just don't get it. They just yeah, they really don't, don't they, understand. We went, we went from and it, it, it was it wasn't like her fault for how it went down. It was just because like a lot of people don't understand how that shit, you know, it how it works. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like you go from us hanging out every day to like never seeing me because I'm going yeah. You're to, out every I'm night. At comedy clubs every single night. And yeah. She's like, oh, it's just you know everyone thinks it's just like once or twice. A week thing, no. But if you're serious, you go every single night. Yeah. So then I wouldn't see her because she worked in the daytime, and then I would be at the you know comedy club. Yeah. From like five to fucking two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so did that forever, and then I yeah I moved out of her house and I moved in with another comic who worked at the Haha at the time. This dude Jason McLeese. Okay. And yeah. you remember him? He's, he he was uh, a good buddy of mine from the Haha, and we worked together. So we're like, let's get a place together. So I left my girl. And then, then that was like living like shit for like you know the next two years or three years or whatever it was. Yeah. And then we lived together, and then I would I moved to a place right by the comedy store. We got this like super cheap place right on Fountain, and uh, it was perfect. I'd go to the comedy store every freaking night, you know. Yeah. And and then that's where I started hanging out, and you know, getting up in the mic, getting up in the shows, like getting to know all the all the bookers of the shows. And then I eventually stopped doing my own show there, and then um, started to go on the road. Who who was the the first guy to really take you on the the road a lot? The f- the very first guy was Greg Wilson. Really, the Greg Wilson. The Greg there you Greg, go, man. I met him at the Haha, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, like that's so cool. I'm doing a road gig. I didn't realize like what kind of shit road gig it was, but you know, I love Greg, <laughs> um, and I'll never forget. That was like you know one of the funnest times I had going in. It was just like some shit. It was the fucking. What is it called? The uh, the ranch. The ranch, dude. I, You've done the dude, ranch. That was while the you one. were searching for it, I was like, he's gonna say the ranch. Yeah, it was the ranch, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, dude. Yeah, this man. Is so cool. And I had like five minutes of fucking material. I didn't. I had like no material. And he was like, you're doing like thirty minutes. I ended up doing like forty five. I don't know what the fuck I was even talking about, because it was just me and him. And then the Mar- the Marty guy, and I had to act like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. You know? So he was like, yeah, I, got I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no yeah, problem. Totally. And Greg's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, like I'm like, oh fuck. And then at that time, like he would put you up for the night, and it was like the shittiest little hotel room. Like, what is it, the fucking Motel 6 or some shit? Yeah. And Greg had just so much fun. <laughs> but that was the very first guy. Then Ahmed took me the next time. Cool. I had seen Ahmed a bunch. And these were all guys, like, I'd asked to do my show a bunch. Like, I'd ask Ahmed all the time. And, like, Steve Byrne, Ahmed. Like, all the guys Ahmed, that were always Ahmed, hanging Steve out. Ahmed, Steve Byrne, yeah. yeah. I would always be like, yo, if you guys want to do my show anytime. I was, like, open to anybody that was always around. You know, yeah. all the comics that I, that I liked. Anybody that else was putting in the time and yeah. working hard. Yeah. And then, um, and so Ahmed was like, hey man, I got this gig. I remember he like, he like asked me on the, on the stairs of the belly room. He was like, hey man, like basically like, hey kid, you want to come do this fucking whatever Sacramento yeah. punchline with me? I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, I'd fucking love to. And he took me there. He took me to the punchline and, uh, and that was so much fun. I was like, "Oh, dope! This is this is like they're doing the real, yeah. real road." This is real stand up. Yeah, yeah. You go into a club and fucking you're the middle act and you're doing 25 minutes or whatever, or 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes. And I was like, "This is fucking great, dude!" And I had so much fun. And then I came home and then um, Ahmed and Maz and them obviously, you know, we're all boys and shit. So he had told Maz about me. Yeah. And Maz, I had seen a lot at the store. You know, 
at sure. the store and other places too. And then we'd always like bump into each other and shit. And he'd seen me for like a year before we even like ever, or like maybe a year and a half, two years or some shit before he even took me yeah. on the road. But he'd started to hear about me. Like, Hey, have you seen this other Persian comic or whatever? Mm-hmm. And so then I went back and then I started touring with Maz. Like that's when I kind of, um, it was, I think Ahmed kind of put in a vouch for me. And then some other people had told him about me. He's like, all right, cool. You want to come and do SAC? And it, it ended up being the same place that I had done, the punchline in Sacramento. Oh, nice. So I went back and I did it with uh, with Maz. And we just got along so well. You know, we just had a yeah, good time. Yeah, he started like, being like, yeah, dude, Yeah, we had a come. good time hanging out and shit. And like, you know, we we uh, we kind of understood each other. Like, you know, yeah. it's important to have a guy that you go on the road with. Uh, even now, like when I bring guys on the road with me, yeah. it's like somebody cool that I can get along with that's my buddy. And I don't think a lot of comics realize that that's a big part of it. Like whenever they're like, I don't know. I, I've just seen some comics get kind of like jealous. Of like, well, why are you taking that guy? It's like, no, it's well, he's a cool, fucking dude he's to, hang cool with. to hang with and he's got material. And he's, and got he's time. a funny guy. Yeah. And one thing I really respected about Maz is he didn't give a fuck who opened because a lot of guys, you know, sometimes very they particular. They might not take like a strong comic or somebody that, you know, yeah. does well or whatever it is. I mean, I don't want to say, but you know, sometimes it's sure. like that. Like they don't want to work as hard maybe or whatever. Yeah. And Maz doesn't give a fuck. I mean, he, he'll put like Ian Edwards on, you know, like he'll put yeah, anybody, heavy he'll hitters, do, man. He'll do the show before and he'll be like, dude, you know, um, put on guys that are fucking monsters like mm-hmm. right up before him just because they want to do some you know, just because he's like, hey, it's in town, and he told these guys that they would do, t- they could do some time on the show. Yeah, and like you know, killers like Al Madrigal, Ma- uh, Ian Edwards, like he'll just have them on the show because he doesn't give a fuck because he knows he can deliver, and it's his audience, you know. Right. And they're there for him, so that was a really cool experience to go and learn. But yeah, if there's any comics listening that are wondering how that works, it's like you just got to be a cool dude, and you know, and hang out a lot, cool. and yeah, be hang around. out a lot, and then yeah. ha- obviously let people see that you're working, yeah, and that you take stand up seriously and you're not just a fucking part time guy there's some guys that wouldn't even fucking say hi to me for like the first year and a half isn't that so weird but because that's but I mean but they're so jaded because they go through it's like a Rolodex of faces that there's like people all the time and dude there's guys that you know and I and at I still do it like I'll give everyone like one fucking you know if they have questions or whatever pick my brain I don't give a fuck if I see you a bunch of times I'll do it once if I don't see you again for whatever like time dude I won't even fucking yeah I'm not going to waste my breath to, you know, try to sit there and fucking talk to somebody that, that I might not be there, you know, next week and quit comedy. Yeah. I remember one night specifically at the comedy store, we were both waiting to go up late night, mm-hmm. like super late night. And we were just waiting around walking around between like the, the main room, the OR. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to be one of the guys who I see years down the road. Because, oh, yeah. Like, because like I... I've already seen you for years and we're we're like doing this crap together and we, and we keep coming back absolutely and doing it I like that was one of those like things I'll, I'll always remember because like so, some of those late nights like whenever you're waiting around at a club it's just so hard dude those are the things though like guys like Earl I'd see Earl Skakel for example and we'd always just be like alright yeah and it'd be like me and Earl and, and then it started to be you too like just waiting around like yeah. I'd get up at 2.30 Earl would be like right before me or right you know whenever mm-hmm but it was always that. I would see guys like that, and then they, you know, then that's like how people know you're serious, and they fucking respect well, you. We've seen so many people disappear, especially in Dude, that when medium. You start, like, oh yeah, that that late night world, and then I started to like, I started to. I mean, I did it for years, even when, you know, when Tommy was there, like for fucking like three or four years yeah. or whatever, and then I just started to go on the road so much that I wouldn't be home on that, you know, s- Sunday or Monday night. Yeah, because I was flying home that day, or even when I would fly home, I'd try to get there and go, but. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you show up late and you you don't make the list, so you know we'd be sitting there and fucking waiting to go up. But um, but I think that's important. You know, it was a cool thing that you'd see 
who's serious and who's that's one thing I really liked about the store was like it didn't matter what the fuck you were doing just like if you put in the time then shit would happen for you there yeah and then uh, I don't know but yeah that was that was a cool yeah. little I always called it like the cruise ship you could never get off of right. you know? it was like that night and it was like fucking the same faces the sa- yeah. and you walk Every around week, and you yeah. just walk and wait to go up and you're just walking around and you go what's up man and you walk to the fucking <laughs> bar to the back bar to the belly room yeah to the fucking main room. Who's smoking weed? Trying in to the pass green, time. Yeah, who's just smoking a little weed bit. in the green room. It's like, yeah. Am I up yet? Where's the list? Have they crossed off any yeah, names? Yeah, is this guy Have leaving? I moved up? And then yeah. you just wait motherfuckers out. You're like, oh, he's going to leave for <laughs> he's sure. He's going to leave. Yeah. This guy leaves every week yeah, whenever yeah. it gets bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, this is a random question, but uh, have you always gone by Amir K on stage or did you start off mm-hmm. with your full name and then you were like, eh, it's just easier, Amir K? At first, actually, the, this story I just told him was Adam Ray's podcast, I think. But it's like at first it was, uh, it was just a mirror. I just go by a mirror, you know? okay. and I was like, wait, because you know you're just doing open mics. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. And then I was like, all right, let me do my full name. And I started to do my full name a little bit, and uh, then when I got the show at the Haha, um, I don't, I didn't care. Most people, I'd tell them my full name, and they'd bring me up as Amir, the next guy Amir, because they didn't remember the fucking last part. Right. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want to get up. I didn't even think about what your intro was at the time. You know? Yeah. I was like, just get me on stage. And I want to be funny. And then uh, I got the show at the Haha. Jack was like, "Hey, how would you like to do the show at the Haha?" You know, I was like, "Oh, cool." And then he's like, "I put your name on the marquee. We have a nice marquee." Yeah. So he put my name with the show. It's so funny. Sundays with Amir, and then my whole my whole name wouldn't fit. It was just Amir K. And he was like, eh, "Look, buddy, it's great." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, cool." Like, so it just stayed up as so funny Sundays with Amir K. Yeah. And then all like the comics would come by and go, "Yo, Amir K, what up, man?" Like, you know, they started calling me that. Right. And then I was like, "Okay." Like this is sticking, yeah. This yeah, then works. it just became that, and then that's then a couple guys would just bring me up like that, and then I was like, "Fuck, it's easier for them to do anyway." Because when they would try to do my full name, they'd be like, "Amir, come a lot, come, yeah, come yeah, on, but, yeah." And that I just didn't like that, so I was like, "Just Amir K is cool," and then that just stuck. Cool. Uh, now let's fast forward a little bit to uh, you recently did uh, Jerks with the Cameras on MTV. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Was that a cool experience? What was that like? That was a lot of fun. Because you got to work with a bunch of buddies on that. That was the best a bunch part. of mutual friends. Yeah, the best part of that show was to get to work with comics like buddies, you know. Yeah. And like Grant and like Jeff Keith and like you know just friends that we you'd hung out and came up with, you know. Yeah. It was like even like Justin Hires was a stand-up comic too that we you know done shows together early sure. on and shit. And we knew each other. I mean, the rest of the cast was super cool, too, but it was just cool to have that bond of, like, stand-up comics on a show together. Now, since it was a lot of stand-up comics, were they kind of going for that specifically when they cast the show? I don't... Or did don't, it just one of those happenstances where it's just like, oh, no, all these funny guys just happen to be stand-ups I that know each went, other? I think it went more like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeff or guy, like Jeff and Justin had already worked on some shows that they had produced. Oh, they were, like, in the mix. Yeah, They were already. in the mix. And also, I think, I mean, if they were trying to do more of the stand-up thing, it, they didn't let us, like, have the as much freedom as we'd like to as stand-ups to do yeah. whatever we wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think whatever, in hindsight, I, I think it would may have helped help the show a little bit to let us be more ourselves. Sure. And then, um, and not that, it, not that it wasn't, you know, it was just, yeah. it, it just, it was for well, what Well, sometimes it, what it they have, uh, like certain ideas that they are like, no, we, we, we're not going to budge on this. We're, we have to get this across. Sure. And you're like, can I? And I understood that. And I was yeah. like, all right. And it, at some point you're like, you just, you go, all right, dude, this is their show. It's not, it wasn't the Amir K show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, all right, this is MTV's jerks with cameras and whatever they want to do. And yeah. you could see in the editing or whatever. I was like, okay, this is the tone that it's taking. So I'm like, all right, 
Um, it is what it is. Was there so, so for people who don't know what it is, it's, it's kind of like a uh, a punked type show, hidden camera. Uh, was there any certain gags or, or certain bits that you did that was like one of your favorites that you're like, mm. oh, I killed it on on that specific? I don't bit. know about that. I don't know. I just thought all this stuff. I mean, now especially this day and age with like, I think the show would have been awesome. Like maybe eight years, ten years ago. Like, <laughs> and I'm not even. It's not even a jab at the show. It's just. Right. It's just like the nature of what's going on with the YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. It's like there's way edgier without any sort of like censorship or any shit like that sure. that people are doing on their own channels that are just super extreme and people are watching every day that yeah. when you bring introduce like a show that's maybe a little more a little safer mm-hmm. on the side of like the gags and the in the pranks. Sure, you can only do so much yeah, for before MTV, like yeah. the you know exactly before the are censors like, are like, okay. Yeah, the execs are like, yo dude, this is fucking too too crazy, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I got that too and I and you know, that show it 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 was what it was. It was just, you know, yeah. a prank show that they put out and and I was excited to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. But if I if I could do it the way that, you know, I wanted to do it or whatever, or like I just go way edgier and I and I understand why that shit that I wanted to do wouldn't fly by the execs or the you know, the network sensors. Yeah. Totally. So uh, well, we're going to wrap up here in a second, but uh, I want to do uh, this last uh, segment with you uh, we do uh, every week. It's called the Hollywood Bitch Slap. Okay. Ah! We do sound effects, okay. our own sound effects. I know, it's pretty pro. Uh, so for this segment, this is any time in Hollywood where you've felt the bitch slap. Like It could have been like a terrible show, a really bad audition, something that happened, like living conditions, um, uh, anything that was like really rough whenever you struggled and you had to to kind of get through and, and persevere? Uh, there's a lot. There's, I mean, there's so many of uh, those moments. I don't know. You probably had a lot, too. Like, you just, where you think shit's going good, and then you realize, like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, this doesn't mean any, like, this, like, just showcases, for example, I could think of, uh, like, like the NBC for like whatever I did the CB, uh, CBS and NBC diversity showcases were both, mm-hmm. and I thought they were a big deal, like, not that they're not, but it's like, you know, very select few of whatever people get to do it. And I, in my first year, I thought, oh shit, I'm getting these two things, and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is the ball's moving. And then I, yeah. after doing them, I realized like, wow, dude, I got a lot of fucking work to do. This doesn't mean shit, you know. Just like yeah. little thing, like little. I mean, not that they're not like cool little notches on your belt as far as your career goes, and like little milestones that you have, but just to realize how much work is involved in this. That's, I think the biggest like little bitch slaps over and over. Like, nah, dude, you yeah. got more work to do. You got more work to do. And I remember specifically like the NBC for diversity showcase. It was like the finals of it at the comedy store when I was so stoked. Cause I'm like, dude, this is a store. This is like my home. The guys are coming from yeah. New York. And, and, and realize, how long had you been doing comedy? Dude, at this like point? nine months. Like oh, wow. Not even fucking. So you getting even that close was a huge deal. You're like, this is crazy. Things are just going to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, like, that was, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, I got this, dude. Like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like, dude, you know, uh, yeah. I got, I'm in the finals of this shit. And I was so, I didn't realize, like, what a fucking newbie I was and, like, how much more work I had to do. Yeah. And then after that, I remember, and I didn't have the greatest set. And I know the guys were like fucking seasoned dudes from New York and shit coming, you know? Like Mike Britt and like Shang Wang and shit, guys that are like been in the game for a while. Yeah. And they're just fucking killing it, you know? And then I go up and Russell Peters was hosting the shit, you know? I'm like, dude, Russell Peters is hosting. And I didn't even know him at that time. Like, I didn't know him like I do now, like like buddies or whatever. And so I was so like, oh my God, like this is crazy, dude. He's hosting the fucking thing. And I went up and had like kind of a shit set, dude. I kind of ate a dick. And I was not happy because I had rehearsed, I had over rehearsed the scene. It's like a fighter over training because I was so stoked to be in this fucking thing. 
and that's one another thing I learned is that like you're gonna do a billion showcases. And I think Mods even told me I went. He was in the hallway after I ate a dick, and I was like, "Yo, dude, I fucking ate it." And he was just like, "Dude, don't you're gonna do so many of these showcases? Yeah. None of this shit matters. Like, just keep being funny, and like, it's not like a it's not gonna be a fluke when you make it. You know, it's like you gotta right. put the time in, and you gotta do all the shit." So I was like. All right, cool. But I remember just eating it so hard, and I was, and Russell came out and was like, he kind of jabbed me. He's like, "Oh, that was fucking some shit." I don't know. And I was like, "Holy shit, dude, this yeah. is a showcase." And it was like all this industry, whatever. I yeah. And then, and I had done my last bit was I don't know if you remember I used to do a bit about the world's worst Indian host. Oh yeah. And I yeah, thought yeah. I go, dude, this is perfect. Like fuck, like Russell Peters is an Indian guy and he's hosting the show, so I'm gonna do. My bit that was the world's worst Indian host, and I would just do a bunch of like bullshit. Like the guy would be, "Hey guys, are you ready for your next?" You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd do it like the in, my bit. He the guy would do a joke, and then he'd bomb, and then he'd go, "Are you ready for your next comedy?" Yeah. And, and then he'd like keep doing that, like. And so I don't know if Russell misheard me and said because the setup of the bit was like, "Yo, Ru I said Russell Peters is hosting our show. Like, what a fucking dope, yeah, know, honor for that dude to be hosting this show. He's probably the number one Indian comic in the world, right?" Like this is my impression of the world's worst Indian right. comic. So but I he said, just heard his name. And yeah, then I think heard he heard worst. me say yeah. like, "Oh, maybe he's the worst Indian kind." Like this is Russell doing. And so I don't know if he fucking thought I was making fun of him. Right. And so I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Like if he misheard, because you know you're in the backstage. Of course, you know, you're, 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 you're hearing a muffled. Yeah. So I thought he had heard me say like, "Oh, the, the Russell's the worst Indian," and I was doing this <laughs> fucking Indian thing. And I was like, "Oh, the Indian comedy," and then I went off, and he, and Russell came out and goes, "What the fuck?" He goes, "That was a horrible Indian impression," and he goes, "Dude, that it sounded like a Persian guy." And I go, "Oh my god, dude!" So he kind of shit on me a little, and then then whatever. But you know, now that I think back on it, he probably didn't even fucking think twice about it. Now knowing. Russell, he just you know. Oh yeah, he yeah. He was just being him, dude. Yeah, whenever, especially whenever you're younger in a comedy too, you think that people remember everything, they and they don't remember. They, like yeah. you'll like bring something up, and, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then somebody about, that dude. affected you so much, yeah, like something that they said that fucking. And it's so funny because as you get the bigger you get, the more like little shits you tell people, like they'll always remember that. You know, it's like yeah, like if fucking Brad Pitt said some shit to you, you'd always remember that for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean, so yeah. it's like. It's a trip to think how much shit mattered to us when we were younger, like if an older guy told you. Yeah. You know. Dude. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Anytime, man. Anytime, dude. That was fun. I was sweating fucking so, it was so hot in here. I had to sweat. Oh, sorry, dude. That's no, all good. Uh, well, I guess I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now. Come over here on fucking spring break. I'm in like fucking winter clothes, yeah, you um, asshole. Amir has, he literally has a hoodie, a beanie, and oh, sweatpants geez, on right now. And dying. I'm just like in a little t-shirt and skimpy shorts and sandals. About to faint, man. Uh, where can people find you social media-wise? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Amir Comedy. And uh, Instagram's the same shit. And Facebook, I, I just Amir K. You can find me. And my website's Amir uh, AmirComedy.com. Awesome. Well, dude, love you, man. Uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Love you too, buddy. And, and that uh, was a lot of fun. Continue success, my friend. Yeah, and you know we're, we'll come up together in this game, dude. Dude, sounds good to me. All right, brother.